0: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet, Pressing In when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold.
1: Aaron Duval, welcome to Viral Jesus.
2: I'm a huge proponent of turning social media into social ministry. And I think all of our lives have ministries wherever they are. I, I don't mean that just in professional ministry sense, just the sense of, right, there's, there's a vocation, a calling within each of us to develop relationships with the people around us.
1: From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication and the power of social connections, where we talk to some of the most influential Christian content creators to find out how they've made their faith go viral. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. As a professor of communication and rhetoric at Colorado Christian University, I spend most days talking to my students about the power of your own voice and using your voice to empower, encourage, uplift, and reflect. And at its heart, that's what Viral Jesus is all about. In every episode, we'll talk to Christian practitioners of communication and social media. But since the classroom is my first love, we'll also take a quick minute to dig into some of the fundamental concepts of the field. A great communication theory that talks about building intimacy online is Social Information Processing by Joseph Walter. Walter called his theory social information processing because he believed that our relationships can grow as long as we keep learning information about each other. And I think we can share intimate information about ourselves even online. A Nielsen report found that American teens send over 3,300 text messages a month. This is over 100 texts a day. And we cannot say that 100 texts a day aren't meaningful. That's a lot of relational information to process. Our guest today is one of my online friends, Aaron Duval. Aaron is the teaching pastor and director of communication at Victory Highway Wesleyan Church in Payne Post, New York, where he resides with his wife, Shara, and daughter, Harper. Aaron Duvall graduated from Indiana Wesleyan University, where he majored in philosophy. He went on to earn a master's in entrepreneurial ministry leadership from Tabor College and is presently earning his demon from Portland Seminary. He is also everyone's favorite Twitter pastor, and he's my online friend. So I am super excited about this conversation. I think it's an important conversation to have on a show like Viral Jesus because online friendships, online relationships, what does that actually look like? How do we start them? So I brought in the expert. Self-proclaimed. Maybe I titled you that. I don't think you had that title. And tell me, I am proclaiming you the expert on building online friends because Aaron Duval is a pastor. I met him. I think at the beginning of the pandemic. I think you messaged me about a Wendy's. Yeah, I was, I was. It was
2: the new frosty Chino.
1: Yes, I was frequenting Wendy's and you said something about it. And then we just like started this online dialogue that has now spanned over a year. Right. So I thought you'd be a great person to bring on and just kind of talk about, is this possible? Can we create real online friendships? Have you ever created online friendships that spill into your real life? Like people that now you meet with regularly, all that kind of stuff. And how can people do it? So somebody who's listening right now, they'd like to have a better Relationship connection with people, like what's the first thing that they should do? So, I'm going to ask you, Aaron, because I think you're the perfect person to ask. How did you get started doing this? Is this something you intentionally even do? Yeah. Or does it just happen for you?
2: So, yes, in some ways. I mean, everything we do has intention, right? We do what we want. We, we, we intend to do said thing most of the time. We, we talk about the, you know, organic and stuff like that. It's a real big word right now. Everyone loves the idea. But the fact is, even organic things have to have intentionality. Like it does, they don't just show up. Like you, you, you can you know you can try to organically have a garden, but if you don't want right. it, it's not going to go right. Like so, there, there's obviously these intentional steps. Uh, for me, online specifically, certainly I've had online friends through. Uh, I, I did my master's online, uh, so okay. like you know you meet these people. Um, but probably at the start of the pandemic was when I was a little more intentional about it, just because I was by myself. Uh, I was alone. There's this isolation. Um, I was upstairs in an office. Um, my, my poor wife and kid are downstairs. I had to lock them out right. so to get things done. And there's this sense that like you're not in the office, you're not with people. I'm an extrovert at heart. Uh, anyone who's ever met me has zero shock of that. Um, the church jokes with me that I treat friends like Pokemon. You <laughs> like you just, I want to talk to everyone. Like hello to everyone. Uh, but um, the the kind of issue was I'm by myself. And so I thought, what better place to do this than online? And so it sort of became an outlet to um, engage with people.
1: Right. And so what should somebody do first? They want, they see somebody, you know, and we Uh, all have those people that you just see them online and you feel like, I feel like we would be friends. I know I have that. And so how do they, how do, (laughs) what should they do first? How do they get started?
2: So I don't think it's entirely different than regular friendships, okay. Um, which is this idea of there's sort of these low level, like entry level, low bar kind of moments that, that are not unique in the sense of like, we all have the same human experience, right? We all have these moments, um, whether it's, you know, your love for Wendy's Frosties, you know, back then, <laughs> or, uh, you know, my love for candy corn. Right. I, I literally had people follow me because they saw my profile. Oh, he likes candy corn. That's funny. And then, and they for the first like month, that's all we talk about. There's these building blocks. There's these moments, and then I think you start leaning into that, and so eventually it becomes, oh, it's not just candy corn. This guy's a pastor for me, you know. And so, of course, that throws up all kinds of roadblocks online and in person. But so I think there's this sense of consciously deciding to engage with people on their level in a way that is uh, helpful and not not to like nobody goes from a 1 to a 10 overnight in any relationship right. I guess we should
1: Actually wait, let's talk about that for a second because I I do want to hang on that because this is something I like discussing with my students because oftentimes I think when it comes to like online friendship or even the topic of mentorship I'll have people contact me a lot and they'll say I will you be my mentor and I'm telling my students don't do that like that is a super heavy yeah. Like if you contact somebody and say, "I want you to be my my friend," I want you to be my online friend. That's a super heavy thing to place on a relationship from yeah. the beginning. So I totally <laughs> agree with you. There should be these small building blocks of just like talking about the same fast food that you like or making yes. jokes with people, so that it naturally can get yeah. to that place without you yeah. intentionally labeling it that from the start.
2: And it's I think expectations are huge in any relationship. And unmet expectations are the killer of any relationship, mm. right? Like I, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a working relationship, I expect certain things. They don't happen. So I'm disappointed. And now I kind of hold you in contempt, right? It's
1: right, right.
2: Um, but expectations change. And so, you know, there's no one that I meet online that I immediately think, oh my gosh, if, you know, this person, I could invite them to my house to meet my wife. You know, like that's not the opening line. And I don't open up with, here, let me share you my, my, my let me bare my soul. Um, right. Certainly, some people do that more quickly than others. I tend to not hang out with those people. It makes me very uncomfortable. Right. Um, so <laughs> I, you know, you, you you have these expectations of what can this friendship be early on, and then I think you slowly build these blocks of, yeah. I mean, you talk about mentorship. Um, you know, there's a heavy relational side to that, right? Like that doesn't just right, right. You. Um, and that's what I
1: tell people. It's a relationship like any other relationship. And you can't go absolutely. on a date and say, Will you marry me? No. You first just say, Oh, hey, you seem fun. You sound cool. Could we have coffee? Like that's yeah. a normal way to start engaging yeah. with somebody and not jumping. Absolutely. And, and I, you know what? So has this happened to you? Like I think sometimes because it's online, we forget that. We forget to have oh, sure. some of those like slow, gradual. Has that yeah. happened to you where you felt like somebody maybe put a lot of pressure on you quickly or was asking too much of the relationship too soon?
2: I mean, yeah, I've had people say, like, ask if I'll like be their like mentor, maybe wasn't the word, but like they're like spiritual, like person in their life with having no, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't,
1: right, know their right. I don't know where
2: they're from. If Like, there's a lot of people who if they change their profile picture, I don't know who they are anymore right? Like, and when people go through that, change their handles every other week, like I'm going, wait, 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 who are you? You know, and there's some people, obviously, I'm going to know who they are from the beginning. But yeah, that I think, and I think that's the quickest way to kill something is to start to load because not every relationship is meant to bear the weight of every other relationship that you would have. And when you start weighing those down, um, I Mm. like, I look back into our early conversations. Like if I would have been like, now loading – if I could have loaded those first two weeks with, like, the stuff we've talked about the last three months, like, right, I think you'd right. have been like, this guy's crazy. Right. Like, what? who does he think he is that – he would even ask me that. Right. Um, and I would give you full permission to run away from me <laughs> if, right? If I, if I had done that.
1: Yeah. I think it's important to have, like, just these gradual steps. So that's probably the first thing. Yeah. Right? To building a good Absolutely. online friendship Absolutely. is having – and, and let's talk about this too. What's something I talk about in real life. I teach communication and I teach relationship classes and interpersonal classes. There should be reciprocation. Yes. And that's an important dynamic of any yes. relationship. What do you think that looks like when it comes to our online relationships?
2: If I'm sending you like five DMs and you haven't responded, I probably should stop sending DMs, right? Like just seems normal right emotionally I wonder if emotional intelligence is even more important online than it is in person
1: oh interesting
2: because first of all you see no nonverbals, right everything's text-based so I'm learning someone's personalities based on the type that the gifs that they use or the gifs which I want to use um and I, I don't know how do
1: you say that is it gifs so or gifs
2: it's technically gifs but I think they're wrong um because I've
1: always said gifs
2: well that's because you're right um <laughs> that, <laughs> We're, you're gonna get hate mail for that, yeah um, so you know, but no, so like you know, you start to learn personality types, but at the end of the day, like I you know, I think even just like I've seen people uh, I remember early on, uh probably midway through the pandemic, there was a group of us joking, and i I noticed one of the people stopped so like I' messaged them I'm like, hey, you okay? And she literally' like, yeah, I'm crying right now. And I was like, what why are you crying? What is going on like, and she was like, and, and she had laid, there was other things that were going on, but someone had said something that like struck this nerve and she just like left the conversation. Oh, wow. You can see that if you're in person, right? Right. Like, you know, when a person gets hurt or walks away. Online, it's much more difficult. So I think the, emo- maybe the emotional level of delving in is a little harder. Um, I think it takes longer because of that. You you have to start slower. um, And uh I think you had said you had read someplace it's like three to one timing. Is that right? Yeah. Is that what you Yeah.
1: Th- every three conversations that you would have online is equal to one face-to-face. I think that's fair. And it may
2: even be more than that. Like, you know, you're depending on because Twitter conversations right. are going like, you know, just pop, 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 pop. Um, so yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, there's definitely that piece. But what do you think sure. about
1: this? Because I think, you know, both of us are extroverts. And so it's, And I'll say this about myself. It is in my husband's, my total opposite. So it's really easy for me in uh, like at church or just at a social gathering at a work party to, to sit down and just start talking to a stranger. That doesn't bother me at all. Whereas for him, high anxiety to even walk into that room. So my question for you is, do you think that because we're extroverts, it's easier for us? Or do you think that online actually levels the playing field between extroverts and introverts?
2: I actually think it levels the playing field in a lot of ways. Um, first of all, you don't have to see somebody like look at you weird. Right. You know, you don't ha- you're you not picking up those nonverbal cues. And there's been a lot of actual studies on this that show that people that are shy or or that have like social anxiety, online communities really uh, booster their chances of making solid relationships and friendships. Um, and that's everything from social media to... Uh, you know, gaming sites, uh, places where, you know, you can just build forums where you build this community. Um, So I think it, I think it's a huge help. And I know it's like really popular right now to like anything online or digital now, you know, oh, it's not real, but it's, it's very real to me. And I think the friendships that you can develop there, certainly I think the, you need both. I don't know that you could thrive on only
1: online friendships. But actually tell me like, what other relationships have you made? Sure. Online And what, to just give us a little sneak peek into what does that look like to move from just commenting publicly to now talking privately yeah. and publicly? And how do you actually get into somebody's real life? Sure. What does that look like to do life with people online?
2: So for me, one of the quickest and easiest places people connected to me was my story with my wife, Shara. Um, and so Shara breast cancer survivor. Um, and uh, I had written an article about that kind of my journey through that. Um, pretty raw just mm. me and God fought a lot during that time and still fight a little bit about it now and uh struck a nerve with people and so there were there were women with breast cancer that ha- that wrote and just said hey can I hear your wife's side of that you know um uh, one young lady I think I told you before sh- her Shara sent her a care package during chemo Because she knew, you know,
1: and Shara's not even on, right? She doesn't have a no. So this is just through you that she'll look through, and she's like, "Oh, let me." That's so beautiful. My
2: my wife and I have a very we have a very open relationship in the sense of like she knows she knows my email, she knows my text, she knows my DMs. Like most of the time, Shara knows, unless it's something I'll be like, "Hey, this was kind of something for someone that they can't talk
1: about," you know. But. Um, oh, we should get into that actually on here. I think that that's an, because in- Seth and I are the same way. Yeah. Seth knows all of my passwords. Yep. So a- it's like, as we're talking about online relationships and friendships yeah. and both of us being married yeah. opposite sex, having an online friendship, what does that look like to navigate? And I, for me, it looks like what you just said. Yep. There's no secrets. Full disclosure.
2: Full disclosure. Shara knows everyone that I talk to. She knows every text I get. Um, she actually, one time I was preaching about it in church and I handed her my cell phone while I was preaching about it. And I was like, my wife knows my password. She knows all my whatever. And I handed it to her and I can visibly see men in the congregation, mm. me, which made me very nervous for them. Like, I'm like, <laughs> what's going on there that you don't want? Um, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, my wife's my wife, you know, and yes. so she, she has full access to my life. Um, certainly, there's pastoral things that I'm careful with, stuff like that. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm actually tweeted about it one time, and people didn't think it was as funny that as I did. It was when some, like, <laughs> I was like, "Look, I just want to let anyone slipping into my DMs know that you're probably getting my wife responding to you." Like, I was like, <laughs> 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 like if you're trying, which you know, I mean, I don't have that as a male online. There's not a ton of times that happens, right? Um, <laughs> As a moderately attractive male, it happens even less, right? Like I'm not, you know, bodybuilder that's, you know, getting, like, no, it's not an issue with me, but it was kind of a joke because there had been like a couple scandals during that time where like girls were releasing right. DMs from these famous men and their wives are getting mad. And I was like, and Cher laughed about it because she was like, I'd be the one releasing the DMs. Like they all, you know, I know what's going on. So <laughs> Shara met that girl. I mean, she she would like say prayers to me and I would text them to her. And so, yeah, Shara got her address, which, you know, that's a big step, right? You give somebody your address that you only know mm-hmm. online um, and mailed her a care package. Like, hey, these are things that I used when I was going through chemo. Um, there have been various men who I've given my number to who we've talked um, about their wives, uh, breast cancer. Some of those have developed further than that where their own issues we've talked about.
1: Yeah, so I, I think my husband is one of those, by the way. Yeah. My husband I'll see a text coming from Aaron Duval on, on Seth's phone. So
2: like end game and meeting you was to become friends with Seth. I really <laughs> like Seth. And he is shy. And so, you know, we've slowly developed. He's my person who I send worship fail videos to. Uh-huh. I don't know if he's told you that. Uh as a uh-huh. pastor, you don't want to make fun of other people's worship, but you can make fun of it with somebody else that's a pastor. <laughs> And so I sent them to him. Um, so that's, that's Hainai's bounding block right now, right? That's where we're at. Um, and we'll slowly uh-huh. <laughs> move past that.
0: This episode is brought to you in part by World Relief, an organization that partners with the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Around the world, increased conflict, the lingering effects of COVID-19 and disasters caused by our changing climate have left millions of people in desperate situations. Many are fleeing their homes and are facing starvation, persecution, and more. These overwhelming challenges cause many of us to wonder, can I make a difference? The answer is simple. Yes, you can. When you join The Path, World Relief's monthly giving community, you partner with World Relief in bringing hope and transformation to the millions experiencing vulnerability around the world. And, when you partner with your monthly gift by September 30th, your first year of monthly gifts will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. Double the impact of your giving and visit worldrelief.org viraljesus today.
1: ask you this, Erin, because you said something interesting a a second ago, you said, you have to be careful about who you give your address to. And I want to talk about that for a second, because as we have this conversation, I think both you and I, obviously we are online friends who have become real life friends, but you and I both believe in online friendship. We believe that it can create positive ramifications in your life. That said, that doesn't mean we should be foolish. And so what does that look like how do you know when, oh, maybe I'm opening myself up to a, like a, a potentially dangerous situation or, you know what I mean? Yeah. How, do, how do we balance my fear with my excitement?
2: Um, so I, I don't, I'm not naturally trusting of people. So it's a little okay. easier for me because I really.
1: And I'm the opposite. Yeah, I'm naturally super trusting are, of everybody.
2: Yeah. I think I do it differently probably than you do. Right. Um, and so. I'm just not naturally trusting. I'm always assuming, and maybe some of this is being a pastor for so long and seeing it happen where relationships start to be used as leverage in certain ways or I'm mm. very careful. I don't, there's very few people that I've given my number out to online, which is hysterical because they're sending me a DM that goes straight to my phone, right? I, I don't know why that right,
1: But it does feel different. It does feel safer.
2: It is. And I don't know why. I haven't figured, I don't know. It's like, so like there's there's this whole like psychological thing of like, um assimilated risk like you drive in a car that you're way more likely to die than when you're flying but flying feels scarier because you haven't assimilated that yet like i think there's something about like a dm that feels safer even if it maybe really isn't that much but i don't give my number out a ton there's there's people that have it for sure but those most those are relationships that have cultivated over the year over time significant and they've shown me they have built trust in what i gave
3: Mm.
2: them so it if we started out just following each other, they didn't like do stupid comments on everything I posted. And then if we did DM each other, it wasn't like weird. I I think online friendships are a little more fragile because they're generally based on one thing that's the same. Mm. I like this about this person. So we're going to be friends. Whereas in real life, you learn that other stuff fairly quickly. But as you're building those other pieces that kind of scaffolding around the relationship, it, it it can uh, fall apart, I think a little easier. And so I, I think you've got to be more careful about how you're building that scaffolding. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm real careful about that. I give out, I don't put my email out a lot because most people just DM me. Um, a few people have found me on Facebook. That was actually weird too. So when Twitter friends became Facebook friends, it was like my worlds were clear. Right.
1: Cause now they're seeing your family. It's yeah. just different than just your hot take, you know what I mean? Yeah, and all my crazy friends right. that I have, maybe, so like, you know,
2: they may disagree with my Twitter friends. And now I've got <laughs> these fights between, you know? Uh, and yeah, it is, I mean, I think that's a little bit, a little bit more intimate in some ways. I don't add a whole lot of Facebook people that I don't fairly well know until this year. I, I do think there there's a, a danger of, putting too much weight on any relationship. And I think it can happen more online, especially when there's broken, hurting people that are craving kindness. And so for kind people like you, I think there has to be this extra step of security where, yeah, you got to be careful.
1: You know what I was just thinking about, which is because of the pandemic, the goodness of God to allow us to have online Christian community, because I'm thinking what would have happened If there was no social media and there was a pandemic, I'm just even thinking about this. I've had so many students sit with me at lunch and say, I am still a Christian because of Twitter. Not that... B- because of the fact that Twitter exposed them to different perceptions of yeah. who God is and what God's character looks like than they had experienced in their home church, and I'm just wondering, yeah. as a pastor, what have you seen in that conversation as far as online Christian Absolutely. community actually being a really good thing for my spiritual life?
2: It's been huge for me. I'll just be straight up. When when the pandemic started, and you know, there was just this there was a group of ragtag people that we just started tweeting back and forth. Eventually, a hashtag was born, Weird Christian Twitter. And I mean, there's a list online. And you guys can
1: find it. You just type it in.
2: Look up Weird Christian Twitter, uh, the hashtag WCT. I think there's like 2,000 people on And I
1: have students that have joined and say that it really helped them to be a part of this group, Weird Christian Twitter.
2: It it was a lot of people in that were people that were either hurt by church or... um, I had a pretty good experience (laughs) with church. You're a pastor, so you love it. Yeah. Well, I do. I mean, I, I grew up as a pastor's kid. I enjoy uh-huh. church. I like church. I actually enjoy it. And I know that's weird to say right now in church worlds, but no, I think it's I think good. I, that's a
1: great thing that you've had positive experiences.
2: Yeah, I do. And I think, I think the church is the most transforming power in the world. Like I, I think it's God's community to get things moving forward. And yeah, it sucks and messes up and all that stuff too. But, and so I think a lot of people have been hurt, which this is the sucky part. Right. Um, And they just sort of like started talking to each other and it's grown and grown and throughout the pandemic, especially when, let's be honest, this has been a weird year,
1: super weird right? and super hard for most people.
2: Politically, um, nation wise, health wise, mental. I don't, I don't think we have any clue what the mental health that's coming out of this thing is. Um, and people were looking for a place where, where they could just connect and people started connecting and, Uh, I, I've gained online church members out of this, like members is a stretch, but I have people from Twitter that watch our church every Sunday and will comment and tell me, you know, when I said a word wrong or missed a point, you know, (laughs) like, um, and it's great. Like it's, it's been fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think social media has been a huge force for good during this time. And I hope it's something that we continue to utilize.
1: Do you think that there's a difference in friendship when we have it online versus offline? Do you think there's a difference in the value that we place on them? Or even the way we experience them? What are your thoughts as somebody who has both? Do you see both of them equally or what do you think? I don't think anyone places the same value
2: on them. Whether that's right or wrong. So let me clarify that. I have Twitter friends that I actually do life with now. And I think I probably hold them at a very similar value as I would someone else that I'm doing life on that level with in real life. The people that are in my immediate sphere of influence and that I'm pastoring or whatever um, take precedence in some ways over maybe a more casual Twitter relationship. But I don't think that means it's not valued. I think we do that with all of our relationships in real life. There are people that I trust, that have experienced life with, that I've gone through pain with. I told you earlier, there's there's kind of these three things that I think breed friendship mm-hmm. that kind of define. It was from an article from Dr. Denise Carter. She says, it's the freedom to choose this friend, the commitment of sticking with this friend through difficulty, and then the intimacy that comes with being authentic. I think all friendships have different levels of commitment and intimacy, wherever that is, whether that's online, whether it's in person, whether that's a board member or you know, one of my in-laws, right? There's all kinds of levels of this intimacy. And so the question is, can you build strong commitment and intimacy online? I think absolutely. I, I place your thoughts very high in my life. Like if you were to message me and say, hey, the thing that you just said, I think that was probably hurtful to people. I would take that into strong consideration.
1: And actually, let me add to that, Aaron, because there's been times that you have DM'd me a prayer that I was already praying. So that does say, right, because the Holy Spirit is around us all, yeah, that God sure. does use these online relationships, literally verbatim, you've said things to me in a DM, in a prayer yeah. that I had been praying about for the last yeah. couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, and I so there's there's no doubt to me. I think everything evolves. Everything evolves. Online evolves. It, it can go good, it can go bad, whatever. I have a huge respect for people on Twitter and people on Facebook. And I, I know like, I was, I was just listening to a podcast, uh, Kerry Newhoff was interviewing Beth Moore. And he goes, when I really hate myself, I go on Twitter so I can get a fight in the back alley.
1: Right? Like, was <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> There's um, always one there. Oh,
2: for sure. But let's be honest, if I went into any other form in the world and just started yelling things into the void, I'm going to make some people happy and some people mad right it's just online they have the courage to say something against it because they don't have to see the pain it's causing me that whatever so i'm a huge proponent of turning social media into social ministry and i think all of our lives have ministries wherever they are i don't mean that just in professional ministry sense just the sense of right there's there's a vocation a calling within each of us to develop relationships with the people around us we were created to be with people you know, God looks at Adam and he says, everything's good. And the, he looks at Adam, this is before sin. This is before the fall. And he goes, that's not good. There was something incomplete in creation because mm-hmm. Adam was alone. Mm. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're all called to these ministries. And I think social media, social ministry, it can be a huge piece of that, of creating community, the building blocks for friendships. You know, obviously you see somebody in person, it's, it's different, Um, I think it goes deeper eventually, but yeah, I think probably, I don't know, for me with you, I think one of the times where we crossed over, like it became like when we did a Zoom call, you'd have a question. of right. And like, it was like this moment of like, oh, okay, I actually can talk to him. We
1: did a Zoom so, call where we argued. We, we, we weren't arguing. We were actually both of the same opinion. We won't say what that opinion is. But we were <laughs> discussing predestination and free will. And Aaron yes. has studied a lot in this area. So he did a Zoom call with me where we just kind of, you were just showing me different things in scripture. And that was actually very helpful.
2: I actually look back at that as probably like, okay, this is real. This That's what right. I, like we talked and we talked about other stuff after that. Like it was real. Right. We knew it was real. Um and so yeah there's certainly those moments that that happen that, that kind of make that next level.
1: Can I ask you this though because I want to hang on this because the show's called Viral Jesus yes. and maybe somebody's listening and they're like, "Man, I don't have a big following. I don't even know if I for sure even want to be a content creator, but I do I I love what you just said about social media ministry. How can Anybody with five followers and a yeah. cat as their profile right. picture, how can anybody be a part of this idea of viral Jesus, this idea of, of social media ministry?
2: I mean, is, it's no different than the church, right? Not everyone preaches, not everyone sings, not everyone's a greeter. But right, if, if, if the arm says to the foot, I'm not, I'm not a foot, so I'm out. I think the kingdom is in the small things. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere, whatever that is, the, the if you're faithful in the little things, then then you'll be faithful in the big things. and I think eventually what we learn is the little things are the big things. And I think these, these small moments of relationship where where the line between heaven and earth is thin. And I think that's being intentional with those five people. I think it's cultivating spaces uh, of worship and I mean that in the most broad sense possible. Sacred spaces, Places and times, and I think any time the people of God are talking to one another or engaging in a positive way with someone that's not a Bart um, is a sacred space. And I don't care where that sacred space happens. TikTok is right—the new frontier. Um, I'm not brave enough to go to TikTok, but I'm sure that there will be other people that are doing good work there. Whatever it is, you do that on TikTok, um, right? Right. And and so I've never looked to build a platform. Mm-hmm. Because the the bigger your platform, the harder the fall. I do want to be a positive influence on the people that I engage with.
1: Thanks, Aaron, for joining us for this episode. On every episode, we like to end with a little segment I call growing viral. And this is where I scour the viral Jesus hashtags on all of our social channels and look for someone who maybe you haven't heard of yet, but you should certainly be following as they grow viral. Today, we talk to Autry Jones, a photographer who believes we can see Jesus captured in everyday beauty. So, Atre, you fell in love with photography as a farm kid. Like, how does that happen? Tell me about that.
3: Yeah. So, being a farm kid, uh, I grew up in a small town. Um, and so, it was all about finding uh, something to do. Uh, so, me and my friends would walk around this small town and just take photos in the craziest places. And it was all about uh, like discovery and just going and doing something, uh, which is still carries with me. It's just about, Uh, photography takes me to places I never thought I'd be able to go to if I didn't have it.
1: And how would you say that photography has impacted your spiritual life, if at all? I mean, something, one of the comments that they make in the research about young people is they struggle to connect their faith to their profession. What do you think for you?
3: Yeah, so I've actually found a lot of uh, work and growth within like photography and video uh, within the church I remember in junior high, um, at this point, I was more of like in the worship band, but uh, they'd always like push me to work the cameras or to run the lights. And um, I had a great youth pastor growing up. He was an electrician. uh, And so like through him, I learned how to uh, run lighting and like how to set everything up that you would find in a normal studio. Uh, So I think if you're doing something like photography or video, uh, the church is definitely growing in that and pushing people more towards it as I did with myself and I actually had like had multiple opportunities like this summer I got to go to uh, a, a tour with Sean Fute or Fiat uh, on his Let Us Worship tour
1: oh wow Yeah.
3: so it I've really found places that I get to go and like capture people worshiping and just telling that story
1: so if somebody wants to follow you, watch your photography, see your Instagram, where can they go?
3: Yeah. So uh, on Instagram, I'm Autry Jones Creative. Uh, and up from there, you can uh, check out my website. And uh, that's my main. I'm going to try and work up a YouTube channel, but you'll be able to find it through Instagram.
1: That is awesome. I hope everybody immediately heads to Instagram, Autry Jones Creative. Check him out. Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson-Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and rate us on your preferred platform. Join us next week as we talk to the woman, the myth, the legend, Karen Swallow Pryor about the problem with platforming. See you next week on Viral Jesus.
0: This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.